Hello, everyone. This is the podcast name Pretty Immunity Rock Sugar Column. Welcome to the audiences listening across Asia, UK, Australia, and today my guest is from Toronto, Canada. So it's good evening in Toronto. Good morning in Singapore, Malaysia. Selamat pagi, China, Taiwan. 早上好 Hong Kong, Macau, Tosan, and Korea, Chonanshim, Japan, Ohio, Gozaimas, and good afternoon in Australia and UK. Well, how's the week for everyone? I hope it's good. Okay, and、uh, let's take a look at whose birthday today. Okay, just a quick one. You may not know. I think it's quite fun. Today is actually the birthday of Queen Elizabeth too. Okay, and Queen Elizabeth too.、Uh, her full name is Elizabeth Alexandra Mary. She was born in 1926. Interesting, yeah. And she became okay. She became queen. Follow her father's death on the sixth of February, nineteen fifty-two. Wow! So she's celebrating her ninety-five birthday on the twenty-first of April. Very interesting. Okay, another one we're going to talk about whose birthday? James McAvoy. You know him? So he's a Scottish actor celebrating his forty-two years old, and I think we all know his. Iconic role, the Professor X in X Men. <laughs> okay, so these are the two famous people for today's birthday. Happy birthday to Queen Elizabeth and James McAvoy. Okay, pretty beauty. Let me share screen. Okay, there's a certain lapse, I think. Right, Pretty Beauty has a mix of Mandarin and English episodes. It's searchable on popular platforms. Let me share this with you, such as、uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and、uh, we have Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castbox, Stitcher, and Radio Republic. Some lag here. Okay, never mind. I just follow. Okay, and Pretty Immunity is also on social media, and we are on Facebook. We are also on Instagram and YouTube. So please, please remember to subscribe and follow us, and look out for the audio and video link. Okay. I'm Annie, your host for today's show. Do you agree we are in a unique era? Our lives are challenging in many ways: juggling family, work, relationships, and now the big environment. I would say we give our best to cover every detail in the things we do, but there will always be different judgment. Perspective, expectation on us, so we tend to forget to love ourselves, to upkeep our own 
physical and mental health. And we need to understand that we must take care to mind our own personal growth, self-development, or else we'll be living in anxiety, fear, frustration, and it can turn into a cycle, keep coming back to us. How are we going to do that? Let's focus on building our immunity against these challenges. The wall of China is not built overnight. It takes one step at a time. So busy people, check out Pretty Immunity Podcast. Every episode has some spiritual food for the mind, for the heart, and there are good sharing of inspiring, motivating stories. You will hear from my guests, from books and articles. All these are aligned to help us overcome the day-to-day challenge. Now today, besides the topic on traveling experiences, a special guest, definitely she has a good immune system. She's a live love coach, an inspirational speaker, spiritual guide and energy healer. She guides individuals in transition to create lasting, sustainable change in their lives. She's the founder and CEO of Roseanne Chaput Limited. Let us welcome Roseanne. Let me put him on, put her on. Okay, let's see, right? Hello, Roseanne. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> okay. Say hi to our audiences, Roseanne. Hello, beautiful souls. I am so excited and honored to be here today. I can't wait to share some stories. Okay, Rosen, which part of Canada are you in now? Right now, I am close to Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I'm about three hours north of Toronto right now. Oh, okay. So, audiences, in today's show, we will find out more about Canada, okay? And mainly Toronto, Ontario, Quebec, and Winnipeg. So, I will take departure point uh, at Singapore. So, Singaporeans, if you're flying to Canada, you have to enter your proof of vaccination and quarantine travel information into the app Arrive CAN or the website within 72 hours before your arriving uh, your arrival to Canada. So as immigration requirements can change at a very short notice, travelers are advised to check with your travel agents, the High Commission of Canada in Singapore or the Canada government website www.canada.ca for latest information. So, Roseanne, let us put on our imaginary travelling glasses to (laughs) Canada. So, can you share with us which season is good to visit Canada? Summer. (laughs) Summer, which is the month? Uh, Summer is usually ranges from June all the way till the end of August. And fall and winter is very beautiful as well, but you need to have some adaptability if you're not used to the cold weather. (laughs) Okay, how cold can it get too? Oh, it can get to minus 40 to minus 50 with the wind chill. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So, but just in case some travelers, they may not get uh, the proper clothing. So, uh, I'm sure it's accessible, easy to find where you can get winter clothes, right? 
Oh yes, like there's winter clothing everywhere. You, you know, it really starts in the fall where they start kind of accumulating those in the the retail stores, and throughout winter, the that's all they're selling really. Essentially, they're sweaters, jackets, boots. Oh, wow. <laughs> there's nothing really a summer item during the winter Ooh. season. <laughs> okay, great, great, great. So,、um, Roseanne, can you maybe share with us how shall we organize the sequence of the places to enjoy Canada better? Really? So I really think that the best way to explore Canada is either traveling all the way from the west coast to the east coast, or all the way from the east coast to the west coast, and really kind of navigating all through like the incredible landmarks that we have and. The incredible things that Canada has to offer: the freshwater lakes, the wilderness, the forests, the animals, just the beauty that really entails Canada. Okay. Beautiful. Wow. Yes, I saw that.、Uh, are we going to start with Quebec? Yeah. Start with Quebec. Yes. So Quebec is absolutely beautiful. It's very historic. It's very a traditional kind of province. It's Absolutely glorious. It's very prominent in the French language, so it's very French-speaking language. However, they do speak English as well.、Uh, the downtown of Montreal is absolutely stunning. It feels like you're in a different world, really. It's just Quebec has so much to offer, and the people are incredible there. How many days do you think that we can plan for the trip in Quebec? If you were to go to Quebec, I would say a good seven. A good seven days would be sufficient for Quebec. Seven to yeah, seven days would be pretty sufficient to look at all like the incredible places to get a good feel. Okay, all right.、Uh, is there a okay? I see that we can actually discover eighteenth、uh, century buildings. Yeah. So which are the places that maybe you can let us know? Is it Montreal? Yes, they have incredible shopping malls underneath the ground. They have incredible ski resorts. They have so many things to offer, like Cirque du Soleil. They have so many incredible things happening within the downtown core of Montreal. Really great nightlife. Really great shopping. It feels like you're shopping in Paris when you're in Montreal. Okay, so how do we get around、um, in Quebec? Yeah, you can. Well, you you would fly into Quebec, and you can take Ubers. You can take taxis. You can take their public transit system. I would really, I prefer Uber to be honest. So it just depends on your preference of transportation, really, and what you're comfortable with. Or you can rent a vehicle and drive downtown, but Quebec is a little bit challenging for the driving. <laughs> it's a little.、Oh. It doesn't really work like. Most cities in Canada. However, if you can understand the concept of the driving, it's not so bad. <laughs> okay, I see that there's a lot of、uh, historical and、uh, oh, walking tour. Yeah. So, are you on your own、uh, when you are in Quebec, or you actually join one of the tour? Yeah, I go on my own. I love. I'm an individual explorer. I like spontaneity. I like just kind of figuring things out on my own. However, I know that they do offer countless tours. So if that's someone's comfortability, they can either do self exploration or they can actually go and get a tourist guide and go on the guided tours that they have available as well.、Mm. And they have beautiful spas, beautiful, beautiful spas, especially、oh, on the borderlines of Quebec. Oh, how about nightlife? 
Yeah, nightlife Montreal is, is a great nightlife. It's like a Toronto nightlife. There's very good clubs, very good music, very good ambiance, very good environment. It's super enjoyable and super fun. It really ranges from all ages from the last time that I kind of been there. And I think it just depends on what kind of you know music and environment that you're using. If you're something a little bit more jazzy or something a little bit more upbeat. It just depends on what you're kind of wanting for your soul that day. Wow. How about delicacies? Uh, what any must-try food there in Quebec? Yeah, I think all French dishes and Italian dishes that they do there, they do exceptionally well. And I'm not sure which restaurants are still kind of vital right now just because of how how hard COVID hit. However, if you're into like French food or you're into more of the Italian authentic kind of food, they have really, really great restaurants that reflect um, these traditional meals. Well, I see that Quebec City has 400 years of history yeah. and it's very rich in culture and there's also a lot of festivals. Lots of festivals happen <laughs> in Quebec. Museums. Oh, yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, concerts, everything. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then let's take a look right now. So, Quebec to Ontario or Toronto? Yeah, Ontario, let's, let's go with Toronto, let's start with Toronto. Toronto is very much like, um, it's just very modern, very multicultural, which is great. So if you want, you know, really authentic Chinese food or Thai food or, you know, Jamaican food or Caribbean food, like it has, mm. you know, Lebanese food, Mediterranean food, it has everything to offer. The culinary experience in Toronto is like no other, really, probably New York is what I would compare it to in that sense. Um, the culture is really great, really great for entertainment, entertainment districts, and just like, the nightlife. And they have so many incredible things like the aquarium. They have like a Ripley's aquarium where it's like they have sharks in there. They have so many like jellyfish, wildlife, the sand tower. There's just so many incredible landmarks in Toronto. And they host so many incredible concerts and just kind of like figure skating events, baseball events, sporting events. They just really have it all happen in Toronto in regards to entertainment. It's just really something for everyone there. Wonderland, like there's just so many incredible things that Toronto offers in that sense. Mm. So you also recommend a, how many days? Is it a seven days too for Toronto? I would, I would probably do 10 days in Toronto. 10 days? Wow. Because Toronto is so vast and it's so, it's such like a wide scale like it's a little it's way bigger than Montreal so if I thought of it in that aspect if you really wanted to explore a little bit more landmarks and really get a great feeling of like a Toronto feel I would probably suggest 10 days and if you want to hit up a concert and do maybe a comedy night one night it just depends on kind of people's preferences. Okay so as usual when we talk about um, food what's the food the delicacies that we can try? Honestly, Toronto has everything. It's so multicultural. It's so like before its time, like really than any other city in Ontario. It's really like the go-to, the hub where everyone is able to, uh, you know, bring their own authentic kind of traditional 
recipes and food and it is really incredible like i have really not been to a restaurant in toronto where i was disappointed to be honest with you if you do the proper research and the food that you're craving you know some caribbean food or you're craving some french or italian food or chinese food or thai food anything of that nature food is incredible and i think ontario is oh sorry we are at toronto right so is yeah. it uh is it good that we also check out the Niagara Falls? Yeah, so Niagara Falls is about two hours away from Toronto, and Niagara okay. Falls is gorgeous. So it's, I think it's one of the biggest waterfalls in the world, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it is, and it's absolutely gorgeous. The lights up at night, and there's like a whole entertainment district in Niagara Falls. So there's like there's like so many fun things that you can do. There's great restaurants. There's casinos. It's really all about tourism and all about like having the district being busy and they have like really great things for kids for like great wolf lodge where there's like indoor like pool sliding just really really cool things they have marine land they have so many incredible things going on that as well mm. so you mean that Niagara Falls has also a certain timing at night oh Niagara Falls you really want to see the falls at night time Oh, yeah. the lights up! It's so beautiful. It's beautiful during the day as well, but at nighttime, and it almost just has like a romantic ambiance to it. Wow, it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful, and there's casinos that overlook the waterfalls. It's really, really, really beautiful. Wow. So this is the nature, the beauty of the nature that we are talking about. Yeah. So we we move to Ontario, right? Right yeah. now. Yeah. So Ontario, I read about that is actually. A, a country, a province with two uh, about two hundred and fifty thousand lakes. Yep. Yep. Can you describe to <laughs> not us? an over exaggeration? <laughs> we have so many freshwater lakes because we're not part of the east coast or the west coast. We have no oceanic waters here in Ontario. We're central essentially, but we're in the eastern time zone, which is really bizarre. <laughs> um, but yes, we have so many amazing freshwater lakes where. Go swimming, and the waters are beautiful. A lot of the water is crystal clear. It's absolutely stunning. It's just, it feels so good, and you don't, you're not, you know, fearing for your safety. There's a shark or a jellyfish in the water. It just feels really, really great. And a lot of people here travel outside of their cities in order to kind of be by the lake and be by the cottage, just because that's how regenerative it is for for everyone. Okay, so it seems like we are traveling from Quebec, which is a, a city of 400 uh, years of history, and then to to, uh, to Ontario to take a look at the beautiful lakes, and then Toronto, the Niagara Falls, and then now let's come to Winnipeg. What's yeah, the difference Winnipeg, between yeah with the yeah, last Winnipeg three? Winnipeg is more like flatland. There's not a lot of freshwater lakes in Winnipeg. Winnipeg is more like. It has some some cool culture to it. It has some like cool landmarks. I would probably give like Winnipeg two or three days of tourism if you're going to check out Winnipeg. Oh. But I would even go further out west. I would go more to the Calgary side of things. Go even further out west by the mountains and go by the ski resorts and by the hot springs and kind of go more more west is where there's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of lot of like so many incredible things that the west has to offer. Wow, I can see that there's a family activities um, and also performing arts. Yeah, 
Yeah, Winnipeg is very big on performing arts. A lot of artists have come out from Winnipeg. Oh, okay. And then shopping, nightlife, tours, and recreation sports. Okay. Um, can I say that, uh, Roseanne, of these four destinations or locations, which one, if you were to really choose, select, which one would you recommend us to go, a must-go? <laughs> back in Montreal. Montreal. Montreal, okay. Right. In Toronto right. for the culinary experience. <laughs> right. Okay, great. And um, okay, how do you prepare yourself before trips? Just curious. Yeah, Any honestly, advice? I am so spontaneous. I literally will just decide within a day that I'm going somewhere. <laughs> oh. um, but if I need to plan like a flight, then I'm a little bit more of a planner. But I love spontaneity. I love just going with where my energy is feeling, like gravitated towards. I usually just do like I just bring the essentials that I only need for the trip, knowing that I'll probably buy a few things over there <laughs> to leave room. Oh yeah. For that, and I think it's just you know, I feel like when we have too much time before a trip, it's almost like you're you're so anxious, you're so excited, and then when the moment comes, it's just kind of you know it feels incredible. So I just like going in the moment and just having that excitement all at once. Is how I like to travel. Hmm. Okay. So, um, at the very last question on traveling experiences, what does travel means to you? Hmm. In what way? In what way? Because I can elaborate on that. <laughs> okay. So, travel to some people, I I personally feel that it's like a life is is similar to a life journey because yeah. that's when we, you know, even though we plan. We plan where we want to stay. We plan uh, how many traveling hours. But when we are physically there, there's still a lot of things that will happen. Yeah. So to me, it's like a life journey. So I think traveling also opens up horizons. Yeah, I agree. And I think that when we're traveling, it's just to be open and to be open to an experience that comes our way and to not be set in an expectation and not to be set in the experience that we're going to receive because it may be something even more incredible that we are going to kind of you know encounter or it may be something that the next trip is going to be you know that pivotal trip so I think it's just going to be open and honoring what it is in that moment and where we're going in that moment and where we are in that moment and being present. Mm, be present and do you do you always travel on your own, like a solo traveler? Uh, I like to, <laughs> but I, I would prefer to travel with my, my, with my partner in crime. <laughs> oh, yes, okay. All right, Roseanne. So it's our little coffee break from our traveling, ex, uh, traveling trips now. Yeah. Okay, um, you are someone I find wearing many hats and they are amazing roles like life love coach inspiration speaker a spiritual guide and energy healer Roseanne please help us to understand I would like to know uh, what is your opinion about self-awareness and why it is important I think that self-awareness is our is the best thing that we can do for ourselves we can't correct anything and we can't you know, undergo a self-mastery journey without knowing what the issues are at hand and where our weaknesses are and where we need to strengthen ourselves. 
and where we need to attain knowledge and absorb knowledge and to just be present within ourselves. So I think that when we have self-awareness and that we're able to have those self-reflections and all the self-analogies about our self-love, our self-worth, our self-value, it's just understanding, you know, having the awareness of maybe where we are lacking and why we are lacking those things within us. So I think that self-awareness allows us to come to the forefront and allows us to really reckon with the issues that our soul is facing and the journey that it will be on. Okay. And in your opinion, how do we become more self-aware? I think it's about questioning our narrative, it's about questioning our life, it's about questioning the conditioning that has befallen us and the conformities that have befallen us. I think it's about stepping out of what we know or what we feel to be true, but yet we know in the essence of our soul that it doesn't feel in alignment with ourselves. And it's about questioning those things, it's about questioning our life choices. Are we truly fulfilled within our life? Are we truly fulfilled within our career, our job, our marriage? Being a mother, all these things, are they in alignment with who we are or did we do these things because we felt that we were conditioned to do those things? So that's how we need to commence our self-aware journey. Mm. So as an average individual, in your opinion, what factors will influence such awareness that will influence us from doing, uh, like questioning ourselves? Like what would, what would prohibit us to... What factors will influence our self-awareness? Oh yeah, so I think that a lot of us when we go through an awakening period or we come to realization that we always say that we're good or we always say that we're happy yet deep down inside of us we don't feel that alignment, we don't feel that inner peace, we don't feel that interconnectedness with our soul. I think that is when we start enlisting on this incredible self-mastery journey and I think some of us awakening period or a loss of a job or a grief of a of a loved one or a marriage or relationship dissipated for us to be triggered or activated to go on this indulgent self-mastery journey where we can actually indulge in what we truly desire for life so that we can hopefully live opposed to just live how we thought we should or we were told that we should live our life by getting a nine to five by getting a pension by, by doing all these things out of you know, systemization opposed to what we truly desire for our life. Mm. Okay, so um, about last question about self-awareness. What do you think we can, or what are the things, how can we improve our self-awareness? I think the, the best thing that we can do is by being self-aware and by questioning, you know, our life and be questioning our decisions and our choices that we make for our life or things that we say to ourselves, even the negative self-talk that we tell ourselves or belief systems that we haven't filled within us yet never really truly felt in alignment with us. This is where we need to start kind of digging and allowing these answers to fully come to the surface instead of continuously suppressing them so that we don't actually awaken to the essence of who we are and the soul purpose of why we're here on this earth okay so i think maybe as a spiritual guide or energy healer there are people come to you for consultation so 
Maybe you can share with us how does someone begin to find their why to their existence? Yeah, and a lot of this I find with my clients, and I've seen it across the board, is that they were given coincidences and synchronicities throughout their entire life. They were shown what they were supposed to do, and they kind of knew what they were supposed to do somewhat subconsciously, or sometimes consciously, and then pushed it to their subconscious because either someone said that they couldn't do that, or they couldn't attain that, or there was a conversation saying that, oh, whoever does that, you know, like they're not going to amount to anything. We need to go to college, we need to go to university, we need to get, you know, a six-figure income. So when we when we reflect back on our childhood, a lot of the signs have already been there throughout our childhood. Things will come up, and they would have appeared throughout our childhood. On people, you know, maybe even complimenting us on things like, "Wow, you're a really great listener." Wow, you're really great with kids. You're a really great teacher. You're really great at this. Like, where other people were noticing our gifts, yet we just thought it was normal and we normalized it because we thought everybody had these gifts, opposed to that being our individual gifts. So it's just about doing that self-exploration, and this is what you know, being a shaman is, is about putting them in trance and allowing them to go back. And kind of retrieving those memories and retrieving those thought processes of what had kind of occurred throughout their childhood. And sometimes, when the conformity and the conditioning is almost at started too at too young of an age, depending on the upbringing, then it's about questioning what brought them joy, what brings them passion, what lights them on fire when they're serving, who are they serving when it feels at their best, and What brings out the best in them, and it's just about having those reflections, and then going even deeper into that.、Mm. Okay, you mentioned about the shaman. So,、uh, what abilities do shamans have? Yeah, so I will just kind of explain for the listeners. So, a shaman is、um, has been shamanism has been around for over a hundred thousand years, and back, you know, a hundred thousand years. These men and women were considered medicinal doctors,、um, medicine men, medicine women, energy healers, spiritual guides, guides throughout their tribal communities, and these tribal communities were throughout the world. So, what a shaman is is that shaman is the one. Think of our being, and that we are a human being. We have four layers to our being. So, we have our physical layer, we have our mental layer, we have our emotional layer, and we have our spiritual, our energetic layer because we are made of. We're electromagnetic beings. We are made of energy. We are we radiate energy. That is the essence of who we are. That's our soul. So when we think of that, a shaman's job and what we are meant to do is to go and heal the disruptions, to guide them to heal the disruptions that are happening in their energy fields, so that they can effectively heal at all four layers of their being, opposed to just at a physical capacity or a mental capacity or an emotional capacity. Because as you would know, like if we take you know pharmaceutical drugs, those things don't actually heal us. They band-aid us, but more for more often than not, they never actually effectively heal us unless it's some type of like antibiotic, which comes from a natural <laughs> remedy, right? That comes from the forest. So when we think of this aspect, you know, shamans also do herbal medicine. They do natural medicine. They do dream interpretations. So many incredible things that shamans do. All about energy work. Wow! So, since、uh, you are in, you are doing this healing. What is the common, the most common misery, or common issues that you see in the individual that comes to you for consultation? Um, that they don't understand 
that their energy is the most powerful part of their being. <laughs> that a lot of us are, you know, conditioned to think that our physical aspect of our being is the most important part of our being. And that's why a lot of the times that our emotional states and our mental health states and our spiritual state gets disconnected from ourselves. So I find that a lot of my clients, when they have that realization that the energy is the most vital part of your being because energy never dies, you know, in scripture, in scientific, you know, studies, energy is energy and energy can never die. So we are energetic beings. So that is the most vital part of our being. So it's almost like a shock to them to know that they have some energy disruptions and energy imprints and that's what causes the illness within their body, the physical illness, the emotional illness, and the mental health illness that kind of transmutes throughout their body. Hmm. So when you talk about the energy, um, I think it's very common that uh, we, how do I put across to it? Okay, so when someone loses the energy, is it like what we say like a midlife crisis is also a, a, a point where they lose their energy what is your opinion yeah midlife no one, crisis no one ever loses their energy what ends up happening is that they disconnect from their energy and they disconnect from their source and they disconnect from their soul right and we think about midlife crisis and we think about the mental health pandemic that we're having throughout the world, the depression, the mental health, anxiety, there's so many mental health issues arising throughout, even through this pandemic, I think it all just kind of came to the forefront. And when we think about this, is that people aren't in connection with their soul, people aren't in connection with their energy, they have lost themselves along the way. And this is what happens in midlife crisis, where they are getting to the midpoint of their life and they're realizing that they don't even know who they are and they haven't even done anything to actually fulfill their soul and they don't feel in alignment and it's almost like a panic button right like mm. oh my goodness like, I don't want to be in this marriage anymore I never really want to be in this marriage yet I, I just did it because I settled and I thought that I should do it you know the job the car like all these things end up happening because they're literally trying to refine themselves however they didn't know need to go to that extreme in order to find themselves but it's almost like a panic you're at the midpoint of your life and you haven't really lived your life for you you lived your life for what you thought you should or for someone else for your parents or for society or and so forth mm, okay so it seems like it's difficult to do all this alone so yeah. maybe you can have a point or two that when someone, the individual realized that I'm in a midlife crisis, what is the very first thing that you would advise? When you start noticing a shift in, in your mindset and that you're willing to kind of do that self-exploration and feel more connected to your spirituality, your energetic, like, and when I talk about spirituality, I'm not talking about religion, I'm talking about connection to self your connection to your soul. That's what spirituality means to us as shamans. Mm -hmm. And when you're feeling that you really want to connect with that part and you're looking for more meaning in life and more significance, that's when you know you need to embark on a journey as a spiritual guide because you would never travel the world without a map or without a navigation system or know where we're going. And this is similar to our self-mastery journey and to find you know, that connection to the soul again because it can be very overwhelming, it can be very confusing. And a lot of people don't understand that with awakening periods and with ascensional periods, your self-mastery journey, as we like to call it, 
is that it doesn't look pretty. You are going to surface through so many emotions. You're going to allow your shadow to come to the forefront. There's so much shadow work and so much work, that, inner work that's going to be done that it can feel overwhelming. It can feel mm. sad. It can feel frustrating. You can have anger that comes to the surface. There's going to be all these pivotal emotions that are going to come with this flurry of this new kind of self-mastery journey. Yeah, so I think very commonly when we talk about spiritual, it's really non-religious. So, so audiences, please be mindful about that. It's all about our personal uh, our uh, energy and spirit, right? Okay, so now when it comes to relationships, relationship makes up a huge and vital part of our life. So, Roseanne, what is an enlightened relationship in your opinion right so an enlightened relationship is really so my soul's mission is to heal love and awaken others to their soul mm. and to free their soul that is my soul's mission throughout this world and when we talk about enlightened love it's about having enlightened love for ourselves because we can never have an enlightened love relationship we can never have an enlightened relationship until we can enlightenedly love ourselves unconditionally and love the essence of who we are with you know the, the shadow parts of ourselves the darker energy of ourselves that we actually contend with and actually love that aspect of ourselves regardless if it may be a little bit dark at times we are energy we are light and we are dark and when we talk about enlightened love it's loving ourselves to such a caliber that no matter what depressions happen throughout our life no matter what occurs throughout our life that our love and our inner peace within ourselves never fluctuate because that's how much we love ourselves just like our unconditional love for the majority of us never changes or fluctuates for our children we may not like them at a certain point when they do something but we always love them unconditionally and it's about discovering that unconditional love for ourselves and that is what you call an enlightened love and an enlightened love entails us always embarking on our self-mastery journey, always looking for that inner wisdom and always looking for that inner connection and never allowing anything to disrupt that. So when we have an enlightened love for ourselves and our vibration is that we enlightenly love ourselves, we then attract a partner that is enlightened themselves and this is what contains an enlightened relationship opposed to a typical relationship. Okay, so, but that sounds uh, that sounds like theory. But is there any steps that we have we can first do to ourselves to achieve a healthy relationship? What's love the very yourself. first thing that we can do for ourselves love to yourself. achieve a healthy love? We can't ourselves. we can't fully love another human being, even though we love our children unconditionally with a maternal instinct, a maternal instinct. We still need to love ourselves in order to love someone else. And that is a really crucial part of ourselves. We can care for someone, you know, to the ends of the earth. However, if we can't fully love ourselves and embrace ourselves, that's a really challenging thing to be able to withstand someone. When we talk about love and we talk about unconditional love, we talk about if we love ourselves unconditionally and we're loving somebody else unconditionally because that's what it's like is. And it doesn't matter what that person does or goes through is that we still ultimately love that person because we love them at a soul level opposed to the physical part of their mm. uh, Maybe for you as a shaman, any advice that what what is the thing that we can do 
to start loving ourselves. And I think this just comes with self-awareness, right? What we kind of talked、mm. about a bit earlier. And I think that just knowing that we are human and we are not made by design to be perfect, we are made by design to be unique and individual, and we are made to have our own internal gifts. And until we can embrace who we truly are authentically, we need to contend with that aspect of ourselves in order to be able to keep flourishing throughout our self-mastery journey and be open to it. So it's just about doing small things that show that you love yourself, show that you have self-value, show that you have self-worth. Don't settle for things that don't sit right in your soul. Follow your instincts, follow your intuition, and never negate from that. Never steer away from that.、Mm. So I take it as maybe spend time reading, spend time meditating. Yeah, well, you know what? I think I don't want to say meditating because I feel like not everyone is capable of meditation. Not everyone perceives meditation as the same thing.、Mm. Meditation can look different for all of us. Do what brings like a joie de vivre, like a love of life to your life. Do、mm. things that really light you up, that light your soul on fire. Things that really just feel so good in your soul that. You wouldn't want to be doing anything else in that moment, and it's about connecting to those things and not forgetting your inner child, doing the things that、mm-hmm. your inner child, you know, that you wish you could still do as an adult. Yet we don't, we don't feel comfortable doing that anymore because we're not children anymore. We have a mom hat, or we have a businesswoman hat, or we have, you know, all these different hats. Where we still need to embrace the essence of who we are, and that's part of our inner child where that innocence was.、Mm. Wow. Yes. That is one of the topic in the child that perhaps、uh, if I have the honor with Roseanne for another episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So,、um, Roseanne, is there any tra- traveling upcoming traveling plans for yourself? Uh, not right at the moment. However, we are hoping to go to either Costa Rica or Hawaii very sometime、ah. very soon, hopefully. <laughs> wow. wow, that sounds interesting.、Yeah. So, okay, with your abundance of experiences in traveling, inspiration speaker, life, love coach, energy <laughs> healer, we pretty immunity rock sugar column would hope to invite you again, and once again. Thank you for your time and sharing, Roseanne. We love it. Aww, and to the to the audiences, see you soon in our next episode. Have a good day. Good evening, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. See you soon. <laughs>